1170 AM, The Zone. If you've ever driven a tractor, you're her friend. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, I tell you what, whatever you're driving today and tomorrow, you're going to want the windows rolled down. Morning, everybody. Come on in. It's a Monday. Fabulous. Farm Bay Pam Yonke, tickled to have you along with us. Kind of hard to believe that it's the end of February with the weather we're looking at, at least today and tomorrow. Partly cloudy skies on the way today. 62 are expected high. Winds out of the south, southeast, about 16 miles an hour. Tomorrow, partly cloudy and 66. And then the bottom falls out. Wednesday, sunshine, but a cold 29 degrees. We do have a chance of measurable precipitation moving into the state later this week as well. Thursday, we should bounce back with sunshine and 45 by Friday, back to 52 degrees. Now, this weather is going to impact a lot of things in Wisconsin agriculture. Of course, we've got to take care of our livestock. When you get massive fluctuation swings in temperatures like this, that is overtime work for a lot of our Wisconsin dairy industry and a lot of those folks that have babies out on the barn. Talking more about that. We also have to be mindful that the plants do not know if this is for real. Is this just short-lived? Our Wisconsin maple syrup producers have been caught up in this cycle all season long. Stephanie Hoff's going to catch up with them and find out what they think about this upcoming warm snap on the way. And we're talking about young leadership in Wisconsin's dairy industry, coming from all aspects of dairy. We're talking with a young woman from the Pittsville area this morning on how she juggles raising a family and also being actively involved as a board member for Farm First Dairy Cooperative. So glad you're along with us. Well, we want to kick things off on a Monday morning focusing in on farmers' investments into research that in return generates products that you may be using and don't even realize it comes from agriculture. Have you ever thought about a Wisconsin farmer creating products that you could have in your baby's room, in your kid's room, in that bassinet? Well, Bob Bosol joins us now from the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire to explain just how that's really happening and how one farm family is using that power of research in their own baby's bedroom. Your checkoff dollars at work. Do they really do things with your checkoff dollars from various commodities? Well, with the soybean board, yes, they do. We're in the old galley area in Dunn County, and Tony and Katie Mellenton are with us. And Tony, you're on the United Soybean Board. You've been on the Wisconsin Soybean Board. What's going on? Rewind back uh, multiple months. I met Tracy via Zoom, but it was through the United Soybean Board, uh, just kind of talking with uh, her team uh, as they do projects that highlight soy. Uh, in the conversation came up that my wife is pregnant, it'll be our third child, and she kind of dropped a subtle note of how she is an interior designer and loves uh, designing nurseries, and we kind of took her up on her offer to go come from California to Wisconsin and redesign our two girls' rooms in the nursery with soy-based solutions. Katie, you're the one that's going to have this third child. Is this an easy way to remodel a house? Yeah, I think it's probably one of the best ways to have that happen. Now, you're not a professional designer. Tracy is. We'll talk to Tracy in a moment. But how much input did you have into this? Or did you say, here are the rooms, 
go for it. You know, as an avid Pinterester, <laughs> um, and you know, dreaming, and you know, you know, you want your little girls to have the cutest little rooms. So um, I did send her some ideas of kind of what the girls like and the colors that they like. And um, we don't know what this next baby is going to be gender-wise, so uh, we wanted to play into a, a nice gender-neutral uh, nursery. So um, I think she's going to do a, a great job. As we stand here, the project is underway. Not finished, but it's uh, well underway. Any surprises yet? Are you uh, happy with what you're seeing so far? Yeah, I'm happy so far, absolutely. Did you give them any guidance at all that uh, on colors or what the kids like? I did tell her some colors, yeah, that the girls like. I mean, they're girls, so, you know, pinks and, and those yellows and things like that are um, definitely their favorite. So I'm sure uh, our five-year-old will have be, probably be opinionated, and then the one-year-old, she'll, she'll be happy with probably with, with whatever. Well, let's find <laughs> out how this is all working. Tracy uh, Hudson is with us from Los Angeles. True story, Bob. How did you get involved with, uh, with the Melantons, Tracy, and the United Soybean Board, and how did this all come together, and how long have you been doing this sort of thing? I mean, probably since birth, probably. <laughs> I just, my, my brain works that way as far as doing interiors, and I have a hosting background. I've been on a couple of TV shows, Extreme Makeover Home Edition, Picker Sisters, and I love to upcycle. I like to repurpose things. I wrote a sustainable design book ages ago for kids' rooms mm -hmm. and nurseries. Mm -hmm. And um, I love working with United Soybean Board. Uh, we come up with content, how to get awareness out about products and, and all facets, right, in all industries. Mm -hmm. So uh, naturally, when there is decor involved. Let yes. me ask before we go any farther, you mentioned uh, the makeover show. Yeah. Are we going to see this project on one of those shows that we can pick up on TV, a streaming service or something like that? What's the status of this? Stranger things have happened. Who knows? For sure we will have it up on uh, all the social channels. But yeah, you never know. How did you and Katie get together? And You obviously just walk in the house this morning and say, <laughs> oh, those are the rooms I'm working with. You had to have a little background so you can do yep. some planning. I have. It's been a few weeks now, but as Tony mentioned, I we were on a Zoom call discussing mm -hmm. other projects, and he mentioned that they were expecting a third baby, and I said, all right, well, I'm going to show up. We'll figure this out, but before the baby comes, I'm going to do the nursery. And then it turned into, well, maybe the sisters the big sisters need their own space too and so we just had some fun with it katie was really great and sent me sort of what the girls are liking right now and it's always interesting designing places and spaces when you've never been there before like we hadn't even met in person yet um, what about working with the united soybean board as mm -hmm. far as finding out what kind of products are available and where they come from and what the relationship is and how that fit into your ability to design and to remodel these rooms? I, I mean, I think that approaching projects with that in mind and trying to be as sustainable as possible, to me, that's, again, just how I approach all projects. So unraveling what soy is an, an ingredient in is fascinating to me. It's everything from insulation to paint to stains to plywood, adhesives, plastics, fiber, like baby clothes, all sorts of things. So, this, I mean, it's just been really fun just to be able to find these products and, and I'm going to put them in the room. And it's going to be a really fast makeover, right? So it's, what's today, Friday? So I found a local person, thank, thankfully, through Tony and Katie, um, and he's been doing all the paint, putting up the wallpaper to get a head start. But I don't know if you saw the big 
pile of boxes when we first walked in here. My next question, when I walked in, the whole front half of the, of the front room is full of boxes, mm -hmm. and they're all different sizes, configurations, but the thing I was looking at are the return address labels. These things have come from all over the country. How do you tie in with people all over the country that uh, have what you need with some kind of soybean base to it. Yep, I mean, it was just really, it, just like you said, just piecemealing it together to see what was available. It's gonna be a quick makeover. We're out of here by tomorrow afternoon. So getting a head start and knowing that these products were already here and waiting for me. The products available, do you design around the products available or do you design and then find somebody that can provide that soybean-based product or yes, whatever? the latter. That's really how it went. I went off of Katie's, um, you know, sort of wish list and then I found the most, um, the products that made the most sense that had plant-based, soy-based um, ingredients to them as much as I possibly could. But are you finding, because you've been doing this, as you said, for, for a few years now, mm -hmm. are you finding the market for these soy-based products, uh, the checkoff dollars that work, so to speak, becoming more and more available? Are you finding more people producing these kind of uh, value-added renewable projects from uh, our natural resources, soybeans, corn, or whatever? Right, exactly. I think the consumer is becoming smarter and these uh, companies are listening. And um, if they can use sustainable products and soybean as an ingredient, then it makes the most sense. United Soybeans as an ingredient, why not, right? I Has there been a product you found that, uh, I didn't know they could make that out of soybeans. Have, they, have you found some of those things or are you just, now you're, they can do just about anything? I think that they can do just about anything. I, the exciting part for me is to see what is going to sort of surface for consumers in the next few years, right? I mean, the technology is getting better. The It's all just hitting the market in a way where, again, the consumer wants it. I think that especially new parents, they want healthy environments, so they're going to lean more toward those um, products anyway. And the fact that you're not compromising on style or design by using these products, you're just elevating your space even more. I mean, it's a win-win-win. Tracy Hudson, all the way from California with the United Soybean Board, remodeling Tony and Katie's bedroom, nurseries. All the kids are going to be very happy very soon. Here at the Melanthin Farm in O'Galley, I'm Bob Bosold. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. This is the time of the year to enjoy life. Stop letting that pain in your joints keep you from doing what you want to do this spring. Call QC Kinetics now. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. I'm talking lasting joint pain relief with no surgery, no drugs, and no downtime. It's a fact. QC Kinetics is literally transforming lives. Their advanced treatments harness your body's ability to restore and repair damaged joint tissue. Pro athletes have been doing this for decades, but now this life-changing treatment is available for you. You. So you can walk and run and climb stairs and play golf and move again pain-free. No pain pills, no risky surgery. This is an all-natural solution. QC Kinetics has tens of thousands of satisfied patients who have reclaimed their mobility. Take action now and live your best life this spring and summer. Oh, and it's a great use of your tax refund check, by the way. Call QC Kinetics for a free consultation. 608-319-1750. 608-319-1750. Again, 608-319-1750. Have you been wanting to try non-surgical body sculpting but unsure where to start? We can help. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. M-Sculpt Neo is a game changer in the world of body contouring. 
With its dual technology of heat and magnetic energy, Neo can reduce fat by 30% and increase muscle mass by 25%. With Neo, you can enjoy simple, comfortable sessions and no downtime. You'll even feel stronger in just a few sessions. One patient recently said, I can tell in my crunches and golf swing. I wish I had known about this sooner. This was after only two treatments. MSculpt Neo is perfect for those looking to kickstart their fitness journey, enhance their athletic performance, or simply feel more confident in their own skin. Let your natural beauty shine through. To learn more, visit rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. If your workout includes baling hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngkin. I'd say comfortable is exactly what we've got on the way weather-wise around the state of Wisconsin today. It kind of doesn't matter where you are. We're going to talk weather with Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, in just a moment. Morning again, everybody. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee. Glad to be with you. So let's talk a little bit more about this weather. You know, trying to keep track of weather events around Wisconsin is not just the responsibility of your local meteorologist, the guy you see on TV or here on the radio. It's kind of your responsibility, too. But I'll tell you what, there's big span, span areas of Wisconsin where there's no weather data. There are not really many people around to provide weather data. We're going to be talking more about that as we get toward the month of March when the National Weather Service reaches out to Uh, public citizens to get involved in rainfall reporting specifically. The state is making an effort to try to get more technology out there to try to automatically report weather. Chris Vygoski is in charge of WiscoNet. That is the statewide weather network that they're creating on a county-by-county basis to have technology in place that helps with weather. You know, if you've ever seen at the airport uh, when you're on a plane headed down the runway, a, a tall tower that's got a lot of instruments hanging off of it. That is a weather station, and we're putting out similar weather stations. Ours are a little bit smaller. They're on 10-foot-tall tripods um, that we're setting out in remote places of the state that are away from obstructions and buildings and trees so that we get the highest quality weather information. And on each of those tripods, we have a large solar panel that powers the station, anemometers, temperature sensors, solar radiation sensors, and a cellular modem that allows that data to come directly to us so that we can disseminate it to the people of Wisconsin. Chris Vygoski, again, he's in charge of WiscoNet. It is a Obviously, as the name implies, a network of what's happening in weather real time thanks to the satellites. But it can't replace the people. Like I said, coming up in the month of March, we are going to be asking you to become an official partner with the National Weather Service and their rainfall reporting network. You see what's happening out there right now. (laughs) Who knows how much rainfall you're going to get to report. But I'll tell you what, no matter where you are, your contributions are valuable. You're going to hear a lot about that coming up in the month of March. Right now, let's talk about what's coming up today with the weather. Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, on the job this morning with our Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Have you ever have you seen any of those new uh, satellite stations that they're popping up around the states, too? I have not seen one close, but I've seen all the specs and everything. I'm, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I told them if they need a spot up in O'Connell County, they're welcome to try one on the farm and, you know, 
do what we can. I said the biggest issue for some of those folks is the most remote areas where you want the data may not have cell service, and that's one of those little caveats that that uh, rascal needs. But we'll be touching base with Chris again and find out how things are going. Uh, today, those weather stations, no matter where they are in Wisconsin, probably going to record abnormally warm weather, what, today and tomorrow, huh? Today and tomorrow, for most of us, tomorrow could be the really hot day. I'd say the western edge of Wisconsin, eastern Minnesota, could have the warmest day today. Uh, we are going to see a system, a low-pressure center, drop into the plains, cross over Wisconsin late Tuesday into early Wednesday. There's already some snow on the radar, north-central and northwest Minnesota. Not very heavy, but there's a little snow out there. Maybe a bigger factor, Iowa and northern Illinois, under a red flag warning because it's so dry, the humidity is down, the winds are going to be strong. Don't burn. Today's not the day. Even in Wisconsin, we don't have the red flag warning, but it's the day not to burn because of winds and how dry things are. There will be some precipitation chance, and I expect it's tomorrow as we look toward midday in the west afternoon further east, and that chance of rain and or snow sticks around overnight or into Wednesday, an inch or less of snow accumulates. We could get up to a quarter inch of rain. That helps with that fire possibility, but isn't going to make a big difference for how dry things are. Temperatures make a big swing, too. Like I've said, today and tomorrow, very, very warm. That low-pressure system slides through. Really cold on Wednesday. Highs back in the 20s, below normal. I'll have forecast details right after this. As a proud sponsor of the WIAA, Rural Mutual roots for all of Wisconsin student-athletes. Whether they're a hometown hero or they dream of the national spotlight, sportsmanship keeps Wisconsin strong. Visit RuralMutual.com WIAA to learn more about how they support high school athletics. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Innovation, that's BioVet. Livestock producers rely on BioVet for microbial and nutritional support. Keeping livestock eating and productive. Make BioVet your trusted partner for your livestock health since 1991. Learn more at BioDenseVet.com. Innovation. All righty, Stu, let's have that Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. All right, it's going to be a roller coaster. Mostly sunny, a little more breezy today. A lot of low 60s, mid-60s in western Wisconsin. And east winds become south 5 to 15, even gusting around 30 in the afternoon. Partly cloudy overnight, low 40s. That's above a normal high. South winds 5 to 15. Partly sunny Tuesday, that shower possibility. Earlier in the day, midday in the west, and later afternoon further east, still in the mid or upper 60s on Tuesday. South winds become northwest late, 5 to 10. More likely we see rain and snow showers Tuesday night, snow showers into Wednesday morning, becoming sunny at later in the day. Like I said, mid-20s, 27, Pam. Northwest winds Wednesday, gust to 30. Going to feel almost like winter on Wednesday. So now, clear me up here on, on this snow business, because I heard some places were talking up to four inches of snow. So that's kind of way up north, the where they yep. deserve it. I would, I would say it's going to be up north, uh, probably north of 29, okay. heaviest at, at Highway 8 and north. So it's okay. up. Okay. I mean, it's late for the party, but at least those folks will have something on the ground. And not, the rest of us just more slop, huh? 
more slop we have to worry about cleaning up, and yeah, it'll be slippery, and we have to be careful. Okay. Well, in the meantime, let us enjoy what we've got coming up, hey? Yeah, soak up some warmth today. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Thanks, Stu. See ya. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, with your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update on a Monday. Compure Financial is your financial partner. Committed to agriculture in rural America. Find out more and find resources you can use today. You'll get it all at Compure.com. Heavens to Betsy, then. What's going on with our sugar bushes across the state of Wisconsin? Maple syrup production, an update with this weather on the way. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You love your home. It's full of memories from the past and even more memories to be made. When you're ready to spruce it up, contact AF Construction. AF Construction will talk to you about your addition ideas like a relaxing three-season sunroom or expanded living space. AF Construction, your local hands-on remodeling contractor, offering line item estimates and eye-popping results. For your free consultation, visit afconstructionllc.com. Get ready for a remarkable new look. Traditional ice baths to relieve pain will leave you shivering, sopping wet, and soggy. Help manage muscle soreness, accelerate recovery, and alleviate inflammation with a dry cryotherapy session at Carbon World Health. The treatment is two to three minutes, very tolerable, and monitored by a trained Carbon World Health technician. The benefits far exceed hours of a teeth-chattering ice bath. Supercharge your healing process with cryotherapy from Carbon World. Visit CarbonWorldHealth.com. Tons of glass artists share the same passion for eye-catching art as Ignite Glass and Gifts, so we're showcasing their work alongside our talented local artists and our in-house Ignite artists. The latest techniques, the hottest colors, and mind-blowing designs are here for you to enjoy. Madison's favorite for glass, gifts, and vape, Ignite Glass and Gifts, Monona Drive, Williamson Street, and Odana Road, plus IgniteGlassAndGifts.com. Do your eyes a favor and see this stuff. At Bergstrom Automotive, we have a non-commissioned sales team, which is a polite way to say we don't really care whether you buy a practical Equinox, the rugged Silverado, or the speedy new Corvette. You've been told no before? Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. At Bergstrom Automotive, we teach our people to take no out of the vocabulary. Is no in your vocabulary? Uh, no. No isn't a thing at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. Join the Bergstrom Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Now that I refurbished my entire living room with Lazy Luxury, everyone keeps asking, is that a Lazy Boy recliner? What they don't know is that my budget allowed me to redecorate for a fraction with free in-home design included. I say yes. At Lazy Boy, customizable fashion and luxury can be this simple. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. 
Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control and priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. You can have a great-looking floor without sacrificing your next vacation. At Wiseway Flooring, there's always up to 50% off select in-stock products. It's a perfect solution for you to save on your flooring project. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our in-stock products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. And now a break from the Farm Report with Pam Yankee for a sports report. I know at Forbes.com, a great publication you write for it, you had a bunch of, uh, you know, biggest takeaways for Jeff Halfley. But what do you think of uh, Halfley up there on the podium? Just right there talking about how he's in awe of the hallowed grounds of Lambeau Field. Well, let's say this, Evo. He, he probably won the press conference, right? And, and, I, and I got a number of texts last night from you know, goofball friends of mine, Packer nuts, who who went on and on about how impressed they were with Halfley at the podium, and I and and, and I hate to be the buzzkill, but but you know me, I'm I'm the grumpy old man, get off my lawn, guy, and and my first thought to them was no no one has ever, you know, won a football game based on winning a press conference, right? No nobody <laughs> nobody has ever stopped the 49ers on a game winning drive with the season on the line based on what they said February 22nd. So Halfley was undoubtedly impressive yesterday, Evo, at the podium. whoop de doo right? Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick is the worst coach in the history of the NFL at the podium, and he's arguably the best coach in the history of the league, right? Marshawn Lynch was the worst NFL player for a seven-year window at the podium, and he's going to go into the Hall of Fame. So just because you're eloquent one day, at the podium doesn't make you a hit on the field. Now, a lot of what he said probably should and will have Packer fans excited, right? Evil, a little more press coverage or a lot more press coverage out of his corners. One of the biggest complaints about Joe Barry is he played so much off coverage um, in, and, and then let, you know, let, let his corners come up and, ma- and make tackles or at least try to make tackles. They will, they will, they will go a lot, you know, more press um, on the outside with, with, with the corners in the in the in the Halfley scheme, Evo, the the switch to the four three should excite, you know, some people. They, you know, Green Bay has been porous against the run since Matt Lafleur showed up. I I think they're absolutely dead last, Evo, in the league between 2019 and 2023 
in terms of yards per carry allowed on the defensive side of the football. They'll be bigger up front, obviously, in a 4-3. You know, the 4-3 gives Quay Walker a chance probably to to run and cover more ground rather than being boxed in. So I'm sure internally they think they can take advantage of his unique skill set and turn him into – you know, maybe the Pro Bowl linebacker they anticipated when they when they drafted drafted him a couple of years ago in round one, rather than the mediocre starting linebacker that he's been. And and then you're gonna you know you're gonna see a much different look Ebo out of the safeties. Joe Barry played so much cover too with the safeties deep, you know, preventing deep you know deep plays over the middle, um, or or just you know the 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 big plays in general. Green Bay is going to have one safety closer to the line of scrimmage, one and back. I would assume they'll probably have two new starting safeties a year from now, Evo, um, after, you know, they hit probably, you know, pick one up in all likelihood in free agency and then draft another one, I would assume, relatively high. I don't think you'll, you know, see Savage or, or Ford or, or Owens or those guys probably come back, Evo, unless it's a little bit of a surprise. I, 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 would, I wouldn't be shocked if all three are gone. Uh, so the safety play is going to look a lot different. Evo, at the end of the day, it might wind up looking a lot like the San Francisco 49er defense, which has been really good. I mean, they've obviously got better personnel out in San Francisco than Green Bay does. But straight, straight up scheme-wise, it's probably going to look more like San Francisco than than anybody in, in the in the league, Evo, where they, they try to make things simple on, on guys, let them run around and make plays rather than, rather than overthinking some things. And, um, you know, so from that side of things, I, I, I would say Evo Halfley was certainly impressive in terms of outlining what he wants and, and what his scheme is going to eventually look like. Now, Rob, was switching that four three defense, and I know Halfley talking about you know a lot more you know press man coverage, but he also said he believes many of the pieces he needs are already in house. You believe that, or the Packers be heavy again defensively for the draft? Yeah, I think defense is still going to. Although they do have some significant needs on offense too, Evo, they're going to have to get a couple running backs. You know, they're going to have to get a couple of offensive linemen because I would assume Bakhtiari, Yash Nijman, and, 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 and Royce Newman, for example, and John Runyon could all be gone. So they're going to have to bolster the depth on the offensive line. They have 11 picks right now. You know, Evo, I think at the end of the day, it's maybe 7-4 to four or 6-5 to five leaning, leaning toward defense. They're going to pick up a couple of safeties. They're going to need another starting inside linebacker uh, in, the, in this switch to the 4-3 because I don't expect Devondre Campbell to be back when we talk about the Packers starting to clear salary cap room Evo as we head to the new league year here in about three weeks and they're going to want to free up some money and now back to the farm report with Pam Yonke on the job till the cows come home this is the farm report with Pam Yonke well I'll tell you what talk about being on the job our Wisconsin farmers are on the job 24 hours seven days a week that's especially true if you're a dairy producer uh yeah you milk the cows and you can be done for a little while but you still have to bet them feed them, clean up after them, oh, and then add in that you've got a family, that you're involved in the community. Still, today we're going to visit with a young dairy producer from Pittsville, Wisconsin. She is the mother of three married to an active military man, but they keep on farming. And she also finds time to dedicate towards leadership roles within her dairy cooperative. Stephanie Hughes, a dairy woman from Pittsville, Wisconsin, is going to share why she dedicates that time to being a dairy leader on our Farm First Dairy Cooperative Update on the way. I'm Pam Yonke, by the way. So glad you're along with us. Boy, oh boy, this weather kind of crazy, huh? Today, partly cloudy 62. Tomorrow, partly cloudy 66. And then whammo, mostly sunny on Wednesday. 
no better than 29 degrees with a good possibility we're going to see some precipitation show up potentially around the state. So today is the 26th day of February, despite that forecast. What can I tell you? On this day back in 1917, the world's first jazz record was created. The original Dixie Jazz Band recorded a song called Livery Stable Blues for the Victor Talking Machine Company in New York City. The first jazz record created on this day in 1917. On this day in 1991, the world's first web browser presented to the public. At that time, they called it the World Wide Web. Later, they renamed it Nexus. The developer was a fellow named Tim Berners-Lee, a British computer scientist who is basically credited as the inventor of the Internet. Introduced to the public on this day back in 1991. Oh, on this day back in 2009, Brazilian supermodel Giselle Bunchen weds the American poster boy for the New England Patriots, Tom Brady. They got married in Santa Monica, California on this day back in 2009 and, of course, divorced in 2002. And now you know. Well, you heard me mention this crazy weather. We're going to go from short sleeve shirts and rolling down the windows to button it back up, baby. It's cold. Is that going to impact Wisconsin agriculture? Stephanie Hoff joins us this morning with one sliver of Wisconsin agriculture paying close attention to the weather. That's our Wisconsin maple syrup operations. My landscaping plants are shooting out of the ground already, and it makes you wonder if maple trees start budding and end the maple syrup season. Jesse Wagner from In the Woods, Sugarbush, and Manitowoc says as long as these 60-degree temperatures are only here for a few days, it should be okay. It's short-lived. It's only for one or two days that we can handle. It's like towards the end of March when we get uh, 60 degrees for extended periods of time that is concerning and draws our season to an end. So for one or two days, I'm not really worried about it. A couple days ago we had, we were like 55 degrees, almost 60 degrees, and that don't hurt us. And Jesse, you had been cooking sap earlier than usual this year, but that wasn't necessarily a bad thing for you, right? It was a good thing. I call it, we call it bonus sap. Generally, it's the season came early this year. We got ready. We scrambled and got everything ready, and we took advantage of some of the sap. I, I believe I tapped on the 7th and 8th, and then we were boiling, like on the 12th or 13th, we started boiling. If I would have been ready, the sap would have been running, you know, two, two weeks prior to that. We would have been tapped in January. We would have got sap and meat syrup, and I would have had a good chunk of our of our crop would have been would have been made by now already. Has that been the case for most producers in your area or even in different regions of Wisconsin? Yeah, northern Wisconsin, believe it or not, there are some big producers. They have to start tapping early because they're very, very large operations and it takes them a very long time to tap. They start tapping, you know, you know, or, or around Christmas, middle of December in that range and started getting sap in January. And they were, they were scrambling because... Everything that they had tapped already was running, and they took advantage of that. They made some syrup back in early February. You know, we only had that one week of really cold weather in January. It was just one week. The beginning of January was warm, maple-producing weather. Then it went cold, bitterly cold for a week, and then it warmed back up at the end of January. 
Jesse Wagner along with us. He's a maple syrup producer out of Manitowoc. He owns In the Woods Sugar Bush, tapping about a thousand trees. He says after these 60 degree temperatures over the next few days, the rest of the week looks good for sap collecting. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. Well, we'll be thinking about those maple syrup producers over the course of the next 48 hours, that's for sure. Remember, you're always welcome to let us know how this erratic weather is impacting your farm, your garden, whatever you might be growing out there. Use our talk text line and let us know what's going on. That number, 877-301-FARM, 877-301-3276. You can also feel free to send us a message via the Midwest Farm Report Facebook page. We love to have little notes from you on what's happening in your world. Well, what's happening in the market world this morning in Chicago is generally stronger prices. Friday in Chicago, the barrel cheese was up a half a cent, 161 and a half. 40 pound block cheese gained a nickel to close the week at 155. Double A butter, that was three and three quarter cents higher at 285. The class three milk for March, which is the milk used for cheese, that's up two cents at 1733. Class 3 April milk, that's up 8, 1793 a hundredweight. Currently, December corns unchanged at 450. November soybeans, actually, they're down a penny right now at 1129. July wheat, two cents stronger at 572 a bushel. Well, just like you and I, a lot of farms are coming together, visiting with their tax preparers, their accountants, their lenders, trying to get a game plan going for 2024, if they haven't already put one in place. Sometimes that game plan also includes talking about the farm structure. What's best? Should we be an LLC, an LLA? Should we be incorporated? Those are tough questions that a lot of farms are struggling with. Charity Seebecker joins us this morning to remind us why relationships when making those decisions are so key. A lawyer and a farmer walk into a field. While this scenario may sound like the intro to a bad joke, in the agricultural sector, these kinds of relationships are key. Finding the right legal structure for your farm can be overwhelming, from liability and taxation to the overall sustainability. It is not a one-size-fits-all approach. So where do you begin? I'm Charity Seebecker with the Midwest Farm Report, and Rachel Armstrong, Executive Director of Farm Commons, tells us just that. She breaks down what steps to take and what really matters in order to be successful. First off, there's not one legal structure that's really best for all farm businesses. A lot of folks choose to use the sole proprietorship or the partnership, which aren't exactly a legal structure. They're more like lack of a legal structure. And... That comes with risks. Now, some people are tolerant of those risks. Personal assets are available to satisfy business liabilities. But then other people think that and think, oh my God, that's not an acceptable risk. I would like a corporation or an LLC. And honestly, between the corporation or the LLC, they are quite comparable. You can achieve similar objectives with both of them. People say the LLC is more flexible. Technically, that's true in some ways, but those points of flexibility aren't often very meaningful to farms. Like, for example, you can have more than 100 owners or members, as the law calls them. I don't know any farms with more than 100 owners, at least not the type that I work with. So I don't think those distinctions are too influential to farms. So corporations and LLCs, they're going to get you where you're trying to go when that is protection of your personal assets from business liabilities. 
Are there any specific considerations when it comes to structuring ownership, especially when there are multiple stakeholders? Yeah, no matter what business structure people choose, you know, whether it's a partnership, an LLC, or a corporation, one of the things that farmers often miss is writing the governance document that goes with it. So an LLC has an operating agreement, corporations have bylaws, and a partnership has a partnership agreement. Even if they are legally required, you're not legally required to put in good time and effort and write a good document. So a lot of folks skip that step. They're like, geez, we formed the corporation. Is that not good enough? Well, that's a missed opportunity. These governance documents answer extremely important questions like what are we required to put into the farm business? Money? Labor? When? How? What do we get out of it? When do we get you know, a return on our investment? Is it during the course of operations or only upon retirement or what? What about disputes? What about who's handling governmental obligations? These are really important questions and they're actually the ones that tend to spell the success or the death of the farm business. So just because we don't legally have to draft a good document that really represents our goals, our ideals, and our actual plans, we benefit tremendously when we do that. So asking those questions, finding an answer to them, those to me are key considerations for really being successful over the long term with your farm business. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker. Yeah, thanks, Charity. Good to hear from Rachel Armstrong. She is the executive director of Farm Commons, which is basically a legal advice source for production agriculture. She used to be headquartered in Madison. Now she's way up in Duluth, Minnesota, but easily found online farmcommons.org. Farmcommons.org. Up next, she's got three young boys, a husband involved in the military. Oh, and by the way, she's milking cows. But she still finds opportunities and time to be involved in leadership. Stephanie Hughes, a dairy producer from Pittsville, Wisconsin, telling her story next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Innovation, that's BioVet. Livestock producers rely on BioVet for microbial and nutritional support. Keeping livestock eating and productive. Make BioVet your trusted partner for your livestock health since 1991. Learn more at BioDanceVet.com. Innovation. Some spaces become a catch-all for everything you want to keep in storage. Make use of that wasted space now. What about the basement? Rec rooms, an office, extra bedrooms for growing teenagers are all popular uses for an upgraded basement. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company specializing in kitchens, baths, and basements. Let's get the conversation started with a complimentary estimate, consultation, and suggestions. ActuateLLC.com Design. Create. Actuate. While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership, and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. Your parents moved to a smaller house. They're happy, but how'd you end up with their leftover furniture in your garage? And is that a box of sewing patterns from the 1970s? 
It's time to call Two Men and a Junk Truck, a division of Two Men and a Truck, to get it hauled away today. Get a free no-obligation estimate. We recycle and repurpose usable stuff. Experience the calm after the clutter. Visit twomenandajunktruck.com. Keep what you love, ditch what you don't. Who needs an alarm clock when you've got the farm, babe? Pam Yonke and the Farm Report. Hey, don't forget, tomorrow we are going to be visiting with our friend John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. He'll let us know what kind of news is driving the trade. That's tomorrow morning right here. Well, on this Monday, we want to focus in on leadership. You know, some companies have kind of a chain of command of leadership to take over. In Wisconsin agriculture, we don't have that formal structure. And a lot of our farm organizations are always working to build the next group of leaders. One group like that, Farm First Dairy Cooperative. They had their recent annual meeting in Wisconsin Dells where they continued to look for new leaders that would step up. But think about it. You're so busy farming. Then you've got a family. You have other community activities you're involved in. How do you find time to be a board member for your dairy cooperative? Well, I'll tell you what. Stephanie Hughes, a dairy farmer from Pittsville, is doing just that, finding the time to take on leadership roles. I had a chance to sit down with this mother and dairy farmer and find out a little bit more about why she puts priority on getting involved with her dairy cooperative. Sure. Um, I uh, live in Pittsville, Wisconsin with my husband and three sons, um, 13, 12, and 6. And they love to be out in the farm, uh, be out in the, the uh, barn with me and taking care of the cattle and being uh, a part of the farming operation. Um, my husband, he is actually in the military, so he uh, respons- he, has, he has a lot of responsibilities with the military and is gone quite often, but we still keep the farm running and the operation running. So tell me how many total head, you and the boys and husband when he's around. How, tell me about the size of the farm that you have to try to manage. Sure. Um, we uh, try to manage on our operation. It's a 70 acre farm. We manage about um, 110 to 115 head on the farm, and we actually do um, dairy as well as um, uh, feeder steer. Just a few years ago, we started an on-farm store. So now, one of the reasons why we're talking with Stephanie Hughes from Pittsville is that she is a gal that sits on the board of directors with Farm First. We were talking before we began this conversation, Stephanie, about the challenge of trying to get the young voice in production agriculture heard, represented. Why did you decide, aside from everything else you got going on, that you wanted some activity on the board with Farm First? Um, It's a passion for agriculture. Um, I do believe that um, people need to um, have a voice. Um, I believe that I need to speak on behalf of other producers. Um, I feel that um, my voice needs to be heard. I've, I've traveled to Washington, D.C. I've spoken to representatives. They need to know where we stand and what we do and how we do it in this industry to make a living and uh, to produce food for uh, the consumer. How do you work through that when you're in front of a person in Washington, D.C. that 
has little to no experience with your passion, your area of expertise? We just tell our story. We tell our story every day. We tell what we do every day. We tell them the, the good, the bad, the ugly of everyday um, you know, living. Farm First Dairy Cooperative is always looking for young leaders, people that are willing to step up and dedicate some time. Have you noticed the difference being a part of Farm First board versus just being a patron? Just being involved in the Young Cooperatives program that Farm First offers has groomed me to be a better leader. I had the opportunity to travel to Washington, D.C. to speak to representatives and speak to people about what um, I do every day and how I do it and why I do it. Um, so it's, it's very humbling to teach um, those people about agriculture and how we do it and why we do it mm -hmm. and um, and then just being a representative of Farm First is, is very humbling. So what's your message to other young dairy producers, young producers really of any type? How do you help them find that confidence, the courage to do what you did and that is step up and volunteer? Yeah, just keep on keeping on. Um, we, we are doing our best um, I come from a farm that is the first generation. My kids are the next generation, and we just we just want them to succeed. We want them to believe in the industry. We want yeah. them to have the passion that we have to keep going each day, um, to fight for what they believe in, and to um, just be confident in what they do every day. Um, the Prices are tough, prices are challenging, but each day we strive to um, be successful. Does it make you feel good when you see how hard Farm First works to incorporate, to welcome, to elevate young producers, regardless of size, regardless of any of that stuff, just trying to elevate that demographic? Absolutely. There's Absolutely. I believe that Farm First, you know, as a young cooperator, they assisted me financially to get to Washington, D.C. to tell my story. And that's what we want other people to believe in, that we, are, we believe in your future. We yeah. believe in what you believe in yeah. and want you to succeed in. That is one dedicated dairy gal. Her name's Stephanie Hughes. She's farming in Pittsville along with her military-serving husband and their three energetic young boys committed to being a part of the leadership roles offered through Farm First Dairy Cooperative. If you're intrigued and want to find out more about opportunities with Farm First, best thing to do, talk to your field representative.